Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. We do. I just want to tell you all, um, one of the things we're going to be talking about today is that it's, it's the kindness, the kindness of God that leads to repentance. The kindness, not the wrath, not the, um, you know, the judgment, not... It's the kindness that leads to repentance. And uh, we're going to be doing an outreach today, random acts of kindness, where we're giving things away. Uh, we're going to be giving away all these bags of candy, along with $5 gift cards to Kroger, just to people as they're going in or, or as they're about to get gas. And it's just a random act of kindness. And you'll think the ones of us who are handing the stuff out are doing the kindness, but it's all of you doing the kindness giving financially to enable us to buy candy, to give to people, to give to people and just say with one of these little cards, hey, this is our way of saying God loves you. It's our way of saying God loves you. Because all kinds of people are walking around with that thing going on in their head, like, I wonder if God loves me. I wonder if God, I wonder if God is real. I wonder if, uh, if God is real, I wish you would give me a sign. Send somebody to me. Bing, candy. <laughs> and so, uh, but that generosity starts here. The kindness seed is planted here. Let's pray. God, thank you for just the work that you've been doing and the work you're going to do today. Thank you for the worship together. Thank you that we're going to get to to go through some things and, and learn some things or be reminded of some things or be challenged by some things. Thank you that we get the opportunity to go out and just be uh, advocates for your kingdom, representatives, deputies. Thank you for trusting us because we are a mess. <laughs> and yet you say you love us and that you can use us. God, thank you. We pray your, your blessings over the work we do today, and we pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, they're going to pass those things along, and um, we're going to jump into some things, okay? As I mentioned, today, immediately following the service, uh, we're going to be hosting an outreach, um, uh, an opportunity for all of you to do a random act of kindness, and it's really simple, and we're going to walk you through it if you haven't done it before, uh, and it's a lot of fun, and it doesn't take very long. Um, so we're going to go out into the community and give some things away. Um, if you want to meet us in the lobby right after the service, um, God will give you a kiss. <laughs> Spiritually. There's so many other announcements, messages, um, things to, to look into. I hope you guys got a program Please read it. It's got good stuff in it. Um, one of the things that is pretty exciting, though, is we had a garage sale yesterday at the church uh, where you guys, you guys brought stuff 
that was going to sell, and then uh, the money from the garage sale was going to go to Big Creek Missions, which is our partner that's in, uh, in Kentucky, because they experienced serious flooding and all sorts of different things, um, and to be able to help with the relief efforts. So we held a garage sale. We were like, I don't know, maybe it'll, it'll make like 300 bucks, 400 bucks, $852. <laughs> From a, you ever have a garage sale and make $852? That's pretty cool. And so uh, I know some of you also have, um, you guys worked on putting, getting fundraisers together for helping out our partner in Honduras with Mercy International. And uh, we're going to have an update on that apparently soon to find out how much money we raised. So if you're a part of that, number's coming soon. All right, here's what we're going to talk about today. Outward appearances, outward appearances, uh, and I mean as far as what do people see when they look at any of us who call ourselves believers? Do they see just a regular person that you would have no idea that they have given their life over to Christ because they just look exactly the same as everybody else? Are they uh, committing the same crimes? Are they involved in the same sin or wild living or just... just are they a hot mess? Outward appearance, what do they look like? Or do they, man, sometimes they, they look like Jesus. Sometimes they look like uh, somebody that does things differently, like a servant in the kingdom of God. Sometimes they look like something that I wish I was. Uh, our God is worth serving, is the thing. Our God is worth serving. He's worth getting excited about. He's worth getting excited about. Um, one of the things that's hitting me right now is just realizing life is very short. I turned 40 last week. I don't know how it happened. I feel like I'm being punished. But life is short. It's really short. Now I'm like, I'm, I'm at the halfway point or more. It's weird. Maybe I'll get, maybe now it's 2022. Maybe I'll live to like 140. Who knows? We'll see. But life is usually really, really short. And we have this opportunity within us to be able to impact many, many people's lives uh, for the kingdom of God. Not just for the kingdom of God, for humanity. You know, I've had atheists go on mission trips with me multiple times. Multiple times. And somehow even... Even in the midst of what we're doing, God is able to use atheists to advance the kingdom of God. And whether they believe that that's happening or not, um, you know, it's just, we shouldn't waste opportunities that we have to make, to make this place better. Is it getting better? Is it get, when you look around your circle of of people, some of you, yeah, it's getting better. A lot of us is like, what the, what is going on? But we have an opportunity to, to help make things better. Um, a lot of us, if we think about our lives, we're pretty boring, right? Kind of when you think about, I don't know, I just do kind of mo most of the same stuff. I don't do anything new. What have you been up to? Nothing. But God loves us in this irrational way, and Scripture tells us that he thinks, that God thinks so highly of us, and he trusts that we can do such great things that we're not allowed to be boring. 
that we're not allowed to be boring people. And so if outsiders look at you and they would say, I don't know, they're boring, you know you're doing it wrong. We're not supposed to be boring people. Um, When we're focused inwardly, though, when it's all about us, um, we, we get boring. If we were ever interesting, but then we get inward and it's all about us, we, we end up just dying a little bit more every day. We become complainers. We become self-centered. We become people who struggle to find meaning in life. We become stagnant in our faith. A lot of us get stymied. And so some of you, some of us have gotten to that place at some point. Maybe you're there now where everything's actually pretty good. There's no, there's no catastrophes happening. You're starting to save money for the first time. Like, your, your car is okay. What the heck is going And things are just going pretty good. And it's, but even though it's going really good, you're struggling to find meaning. You're struggling to find meaning in the midst of it, and so you're starting to sabotage it and make it bad, going, this, this can't be it. I have to find something else. This is a place where some people quit their jobs, and they run off, and they say, I have to find meaning somewhere. So be careful. Some of us need to try something new, though, something fresh and different, and the thing within the kingdom of God is to become outward to become outward focused. I mean, where you're walking down the street and you are not thinking about me, 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 me. I wonder if I could get Wendy's or do I have enough money for Jersey Mike's? Me, me, me. Like, I hope I win the lottery. I hope this, I hope this. Uh, Why can't, just any kind of selfish stuff where you start turning outward and you start noticing other human beings. And you start noticing things about them. And you start noticing when you're at the Dollar General and they came up short by $4 and they're going to have to put some stuff back. Or are you standing there behind them and you say, oh, I got that. Because if you don't say that, you're doing it wrong. Steve Shogren um, was the, the, one of the founders of the vineyard in Tri-County. Uh, he was the original founder. Um, the Tri-County Vineyard became gigantic. That's where we came from as a vineyard church. We, we split off from there and we said, uh, we need to have one of these churches on the west side of Cincinnati. But at the beginning, Steve Shogren, when they began the vineyard, it was 12 people in a barn. 12 people in a barn. And it just grew and it grew and it grew to over 6,000 people. But Steve Shogren wrote a book. Now, he was masterful, masterful at random acts of kindness. Random acts of kindness. I went with him on two different outreaches. Um, I barely knew him. I was really young. I, was, I didn't know what I was doing. And he was a marvel. Just he would go out and he would just talk to anybody. And somehow, uh, because a lot of us, we would go out and we try to give something away for free. We're like, here, here's a free thing. And they go, no. <laughs> like, it was free. <laughs> they don't take free stuff a lot of times. You got to schmooze them a little bit. Steve Shogren wrote a book called The Conspiracy of Kindness. The Conspiracy of Kindness. And it was all about turning outward. He wrote this. He said, God is seeking to enter the heart of every person on this planet. 
but he faces a significant obstacle to his conspiracy. The problem has never been the message. We have that straight, at least for the most part. Neither is God's problem the lack of an audience. There are plenty of people who need to hear the good news. His problem is the reluctant army that he calls the church. That's us. And it's hard because it's like if we, if we actually try to do this, to, to become outward and not inward, it requires actual work. And the work that it requires, I'm not, I can't lie, it's inconvenient work. It's inconvenient work. Sometimes it's gross work. I have scrubbed nasty toilets for the Lord. I've cleaned up vomit for the Lord. Too much. But to be outward is often inconvenient. As I inconvenience myself, and I do it for the sake of the kingdom, what happens with me is God begins to move through me and great things begin to happen. I know for me, for me, for me absolutely, when I stop doing this, when I stop being outward, I just start withering. And I can't figure out why am I not hearing from God? Why am I not growing spiritually? Why am I not being drawn to read the Bible? Why am I not wanting to pray for people? Why am I? Because you're not being outward, you're being inward. The amount that we want uh, the presence of God, like if you're, if you're ever in that place and you go, God, I just want you, I don't, or if you've never heard from him, if you've never seen, if you're not even sure he's real, this is where the, the desire for the presence of God needs to come in, where you say, God, I want to see you, I need to see you, I need to know you, I need to hear from you, I need to sign something. The desire that you have for the presence of God is going to uh, directly relate to you experiencing the presence of God. Like how much you want it, how much you're going to get. The presence of God, I mean, when I've experienced it, when I've experienced the... And sometimes I will say I'm not sure of the difference or if there is a difference between experiencing the Holy Spirit and experiencing the presence of God. I have felt... The presence that it was more like Jesus was there, but I didn't see him or anything. And so I'm not entirely sure, but I do know that the presence of God or the the Holy Spirit being on you, for me, it is like a faucet over your head. It's like a faucet over your head. And um, sometimes you kind of have the choice to turn it on. People get freaked out by the presence of God. They get freaked out. And so they'll feel something that makes them uncomfortable or they'll, they'll, they'll think about something that a lot of times you'll think about a holy discontent in the world, an atrocity, something that pops up because maybe you have a way to help. Maybe you've been wired in some way to help with that thing. That happens to a lot of people. But are you going to turn that faucet on? And then how strong, how hot, how cold? You're going to let it flow over you, or you're going to, it hits you and then you jump out because it was the wrong temperature. The thing that um, is really important, though, for us, if we, if we want to start turning outward, is we have to move forward with an attitude of grace. Um, a lot of us are judgmental 
judgmental, what I don't, I shouldn't say. And we're not going to, we're not going to win people to the kingdom of God because it is kindness that leads to repentance, not judgment. And so moving forward in an attitude of grace that, you know, if I don't have your presence, God, if I don't walk in grace for people, uh, nothing's going to work. Nothing's going to work. And sometimes you're going to come across people who, they, man, they need some, they need like Super Bowl level grace. Like just where it's, it's hard. It's hard sometimes. Um, if you have a really, really low grace attitude when you're going forward and you only have grace for a few people, um, you're going to be depending on yourself all the time. And you're going to be just, you know, going through the motions, pushing buttons so that you can get through it, uh, just trying to get by being quiet and shy. But to walk in grace instead of judgment, what's that look like? You ever hear, has anybody ever said to you, oh, bless your heart? Anybody ever said that to you? Translation, you're a moron. Like, it always, you are a moron. And I don't care if you're like somebody, no, that's, I say that. <laughs> I know, but it's every time somebody's a moron. But... Bless your heart is a grace saying. It's a grace saying. Do I judge them and say, oh my gosh. Or do I say, what should I go with? Bless your heart. God is constantly trying to show us that if we lean into this life, great things are going to happen to us. And we'll experience his presence. A lot of us, though, we don't want to put any effort into it. Um, let's take a, a look at, I talked about this a few weeks ago, but Michelangelo's painting on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. We have that one? All right, so here's one that a, a lot of times you might not see because everything focuses in on certain paintings, certain parts. Michelangelo worked on this for four years straight, and they said it was approximately... 18 hours a day, 18 hours a day for four years. Uh, so this was 1508 to 1512. Um, this is in the Vatican City in Rome. Um, an idea of how much, it's 133 feet long and it's 46 feet high along the walls. But right at the top middle, you can see an important one and this is Adam reaching out to God. And what I want you to notice with it is look how little his effort is. <laughs> that God is stretched out like he's going to pull a hammy. He is entirely stretched out as far as he can. He's got, he's got like 11 angels helping him to get to Adam. What is Adam doing? He's reclining. And then look at his hand. His, he, he can't even go. Hey, he would give an extra like two inches if he just. But this is us. 
but he's trying desperately to get to us, and we're sitting back like, hey, maybe. The thing that ends up happening, though, is if you start to actually have that transformation, and I will say I've had that transformation, and then I transformed out of it, and then I transformed back into it, then I transformed out. It wasn't like a permanent thing at all. Uh, But as you transform into that outward person and start to walk in the presence of God with that, you will start to sense things. And you might not be a person who senses things typically. Uh, Some of us are highly sensitive people. I have been that since I was a little kid, um, where it was just constantly reading the room, constantly feeling the feelings of other people. And I wish I could explain how that works. But feeling the feelings of other people, some of you may think that that sounds crazy, that you've never experienced anything like that. If you start to walk in an outward lifestyle, an others-focused lifestyle, um, I've known a lot of people who who started to, to feel things and sense things that they could sense pain with other people. And so maybe sometimes they'll pray for them and say, because some of them will get a pain in front of somebody. And so their lower back on the, on the left side hurts really bad all of a sudden now that they're standing by that person. Or their right ear is ringing as they met someone. And it might be an opportunity to say, is your, is your right ear ringing by chance? Uh, yes. Well, I don't know why, but I felt that ringing in my ear as well, and so maybe God is wanting to do something, Uh, would it be okay if we pray together? And so, and they say yes every time. When it's to that point, they say yes every time. Um, And so you lay your hand on their shoulder, um, unless there's um, an HR situation. (laughs) Then you hover hand. And you just pray and you say, Lord, I, I don't know why you, uh, you showed me this and you shared this pain with me, but I pray that it would go away for them, that you would heal them in Jesus' name. That's it. And if it works, it works, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. That's the really hard part. The hard part is if it doesn't work one time, you never want to do it again. And what I'm saying is you got to get back on that horse. <laughs> Because, um, you know, in baseball, if they miss seven out of ten times, if they hit it three out of ten times, all the time, they end up in the Hall of Fame. They end up in the Hall of Fame. It's not about nailing it every time. Mother Teresa, she said that Christ has no body but yours. No body but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks with compassion on this world. Yours are the eyes that when you start to walk down the street and you start to feel new things and it's not about you all of a sudden, um, it's not about staring at your phone all of a sudden, like you look up from your phone at people isn't that cool when you do that sometimes? <laughs> but to do it more and to make a connection and to, you know, it, and it can just be, they're, they're what? 
But if you're not focused on yourself the entire time, they're going to walk past and you're going to sense that they're lonely. Or you're going to sense that they just have had a life of struggle. You're going to sense that they're homeless. And just know where to go. The life of a Christian is supposed to be exciting and active and where we do the stuff. Where we do the stuff that's in the Bible. We don't read about doing the stuff. Like if I told my daughter, I need you to clean your room. I need you to clean your room later today. And then I went and checked and it was dirty. And I came back and I said, I told you to clean your room. And she said, well, me and my friends actually, we did a study together about cleaning rooms. (laughs) And um, we signed up for a workshop (laughs) about what it would look like to clean rooms. We talked about, we prayed about cleaning the room. Um, I would love for you to clean the room for real in real life. And God would love for us to do the stuff. James chapter 2 says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace and keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, it's dead. When When that faucet of God's presence began to pour over my life, I started to notice more things all around me. Just noticing more things and more people because I'm... I'm, I'm focusing on the people around me. Is there an opportunity for God to move through me with any of these people? If it's not just about me, then who's it about? It's about everybody else. My heart, it starts turning outward. I started spending too much money because I'm paying for people's stuff and I'm giving things away. But the thing that I found is that I can't outgive God. We've been trying for years and years and years. Uh, we had no money, and we started tithing, and we've been able to live on 90% of our income way better than we ever could with 100% because it's just a kingdom math thing. Uh, but I started caring for the needs of other people, like strangers. Noticing people walking down the street, praying at first. That's where it started, going, God, I just pray that you would bless her. God, I pray that you would bless her. It looks like she's having a rough day and probably a rough year, probably a rough life, and just praying. And then getting to the point where you're doing more and you're trying to see, uh, is there anything I can help you with? Um, I... I had a guy walking down the street. I'd seen him multiple times. I'd thought about it multiple times. I had God say to me, hey, hey, you should do something. You should. And I said, God, I'm going to Wendy's. And I dodged it several times. And finally, I, 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 don't, know, I don't know why I'm stupid. But finally, I give into it and Uh, I get out of my truck and I meet uh, Kelly. And Kelly was homeless. Uh, He stood at the corner of Glenway and Glenmore almost every day. Uh, And it started with just grabbing a sandwich. If I was going out to Wendy's or somewhere or whatever, to grab another sandwich and just bring it to him and drop it off. 
Kelly eventually ends up coming to our church here. Many of you know Kelly. Kelly gave his life to Christ here. Kelly got baptized here. And Kelly made friends. And you guys brought him firewood. And you brought him ibuprofen. Because his back was screwed up and he was sleeping on the ground. And you guys brought him a new tent. And you guys brought him a sleeping mat. And you guys just brought him so many different things to help him get on his feet, get back together. Uh, Kelly ended up dying a few years ago uh, because he lived a hard life of being homeless, of being uh, just kind of beat up in different ways. And I was just so proud of you guys just for, I mean, most of you were at his funeral and just the way that you loved him and you hugged him and you went and visited his place. I like that stuff. It's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. I've been, uh, I used to be a little bit big into Pokemon Go. Might still be. Um, we looked at <laughs> this is a little. We looked at Pokemon Go informed me that um, I had walked 3,800 kilometers um, playing the game, and so I've walked around a lot of places. I used to walk all through downtown. I was screamed at several different times. Uh, a couple of them with a bullhorn a couple of them with a little PA system with a microphone, a couple of them just screaming as loud as they could with a King James Bible and saying that I needed to repent. And they wouldn't even accept it. A few of them, I'm like, I'm actually a pastor at a church. And they were like, oh, you're doing something wrong. I'm like, yeah, probably. But... It's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. It's not the bullhorn. It's not the screaming. It's not the fire and brimstone stuff. It is um, the kindness of God that leads to repentance. If you're not familiar with repentance, it means to uh, turn, completely change direction, 180 degrees, that you're heading that way, you recognized it was wrong, 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 and you went 180 degree turn and went the other way. That is to repent. And so, for me, I was a thief, and I had to go 180 degrees the other way. If you're a person who says, I did a complete 360 and had to go the other way, stop saying that. <laughs> 360, you just did the hokey pokey and turned yourself around. <laughs> like, You know, one time we had a board meeting here at our church, and I, I love our board of trustees that we have. Um, they've just been, they, they are guardians. They're guardians of this place. And a lot of times they make decisions that I hate, but I respect them. And I love that, that their hearts are really, really out there 
wanting to seek Jesus and wanting to do work for the kingdom of God. But I remember we were struggling at some point in the church, and we were just having a hard time hearing from God. We were trying to figure out what our mission was all about. And we got together at this board meeting, and we just all felt like we were supposed to pray and that we were supposed to repent, that we were supposed to repent for what? Repent for what? And so then we just start praying. God, I'm sorry for the way I, I'm sorry for, I'm, we're sorry if we did this. We're sorry if uh, we got, if we got swept up in having a nice building more than your presence. If we did that, we're, there, there's got to be some of that in us. We know some of it's there. We repent for these things. And it just, It was just that, um, it was that thing of saying, even together as a group, we don't, we're not going to be inward and focused on all the stuff that we want and want to go well. We're going to go out and say, God, what, what can we do? What do you, what do you want us to do? Because you know what God always wants us to do? He always wants us to go out. He always wants us to go out. Jesus, the great commission, he gives it. He says, to go and make disciples of all nations. That that's what we're supposed to be doing. Ezekiel chapter 14, it says this, that this is what the sovereign Lord says. Repent and turn from your idols. Um, Modern day idol is an iPhone. Uh, Modern day idol is Wi-Fi. Modern day idols, like this thing that if your Wi-Fi goes out and you're like, I don't even, this is, whew, I'm going to call the police. <laughs> he says, turn from your idols and renounce all your detestable practices. There were practices that were detestable several thousand years ago when this was written. What are the things that are detestable now? Are you doing anything detestable? I bet 98% of you would go, no. <laughs> I think you might be surprised. <laughs> um, we take these trips to Honduras and deep into Kentucky. Um, and what ends up happening is repenting takes place there And I don't know how to explain that other than people's hearts change um, when they're out there, that they're on the giving end, and they will think, okay, I'm going to help these people who are in need. And every time they end up going, oh, he helped me. <laughs> because it ends up being something where you become outward and just a changed heart invites new things. Repenting happens. Would you have normally judged him? Maybe. But now repenting happens. You go and see him uh, with his dilapidated trailer on the side of a mountain that has no actual plumbing and just all the everything is coming out of the, And do you judge him? Maybe normally. But now that I have this changed heart, I'm just looking at him the way that, I, the way that Jesus would look at him. And I, I just want to I I love him. The kindness of God ends up changing the giver. If you're the giver, it ends up changing you. If you're in a funk uh, or a rut of some kind or a dry spot in your faith, 
um, or you don't have faith yet. If you're not sure if you're ever going to get faith, if you got drugged here by someone and you're just trying to get through it, that you also could be that one who, if, if it's time to do a 180, an about face, that you could say, all right, I'm going to change some things up. I'm going to do something differently. Jesus, um, he calls us to, to be like his sheep, or he says that we are like sheep, um, which is kind of interesting because sheep are so stupid. Uh, but sheep don't do anything fast either. Um, you've never seen like a sprinting sheep. All they do is they eat all day, nibble by nibble, throughout the entire day to stay alive. Tiny little bites. <laughs> a lot of us, we want to experience God and we want it to be immediate. We want the whole thing right now. We want to be like not just the, the, the faucet over our head. We want to be the, the entire bucket just poosh. We want the experience of God immediately. We want the whole meal now. But the thing is, we are like sheep. And the change from an inward, selfish little brat, it's not immediate. It's just like a sheep, that it's one little step at a time. It's slow, but it's happening. There's a process. One of the things we talk about here a lot, there's a process. A process between the promise and the payoff. So I just gave a promise, but it's a promise from God that if you become an outward individual, not inward, looking at the rest of the people around you, you become that person. The promise I'm giving you right now is that you're going to experience God. That's the promise. And so there's a process in between the promise and the payoff. It's not immediate. It's not an overnight success. All we're doing is throwing seeds out there. We're throwing seeds out there. And so you pray for somebody for healing for something, and it feels like it doesn't work. You may not know that you planted a bunch of seeds with that person. And then they go away, and they talk to a friend a month later and say, you know what, somebody from the vineyard was just so nice, and this thing happened, and I just... And maybe they end up at one of these churches... All our goal is, is to get people in the same room with Jesus because we think that they'll fall in love with him. First Corinthians chapter 3. It says, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. Infants in Christ. Where do you think you are in Christ? Are you an infant? Are you a toddler in Christ? Are you an adolescent? Are you a teenager in Christ? Where are you? He says, you were mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. You're still worldly. For since there's jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and the other says, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? They got a bunch of people at this church got into a fight about, uh, Paul is writing this right now, but there was another uh, disciple named Apollos, and they split up, 
They split up, and then they started, like, fighting each other. <laughs> anyway, because, every, because everybody does dumb stuff sometimes. He says in verse 5, What, after all, is Apollos, and what is Paul? They're only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted a seed. Apollos watered it. I planted a seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. And so neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. It's not up to you. It's not up to you to make it work. It's not up to you to go and, um, you know, uh, some of us want to give away something for free uh, for a random act of kindness. We want people to drop onto their knees and Receive the Lord then and there. Well, it wasn't very successful. I mean, all we're going out and doing is planting seeds. And some people, we don't even know it yet, but they already had seeds planted, and so we're watering them. So the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we're God's co-workers... We're God's co-workers in his service. You are God's field, God's building. The milk that he's talking about. He said, I fed you milk because you weren't ready for solid food. The milk is the reading, and it's the thinking, and it's the praying about it, and it's the not really, and it's the maybe I have a, 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 somebody on Facebook going through something, sending good vibes your way. I don't want no freaking vibes. The milk is the reading, the thinking, the sending vibes. The meat, the solid food, is the doing. It's the going out and doing the stuff. And so this, some of you are like, I'm an introvert. Um, I'm going to leave. <laughs> because it sounds scary. It is scary. But it's not impossible at all. Um, you've been promised that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. And you might be one of the people who say, well, how can I, I can't go and do that because uh, you, feel, you feel like you're a hypocrite. You feel like you're not good enough to do it. You feel like, well, how can I, be a very flawed human, ever be the hands and feet of Jesus? Because that's the people he likes. That's the people he likes. He said, I didn't come for the healthy, I came for the sick. And you can love people who most people um, consider to be unlovely when you walk with Jesus. You can take notice and you can be a blessing to someone. Genesis 12 says, I will bless you and you'll be a blessing. I'll just close with this story real quick. Um, when we were in Honduras the last time, it was several years ago for, for me there. Um, I am... Uh, I love that I get an opportunity to cook every time up in the mountains. Uh, and so one of my things is being in charge of gathering up fresh produce and things uh, to be able to survive in the rainforest, jungle, mountain area for a few days for our team. Uh, and we have to rent uh, mules or donkeys to be able to carry the food up because uh, our, our, 
our teams are big, and you have to carry cooking equipment and everything. Anyways, at the supermercado, um, it was one of those times where I was just, I was activated in being outward. I was in Honduras. Things were, everything was changing. My heart was breaking again as I looked at those people, and uh, especially those who hadn't heard about Jesus before that were up in the remote parts. Anyways, at the supermercado, when we're getting ready to head home, um, there's a, a girl that is checking all of us out, and it's a really long line, and I noticed that about three different people ahead of me screamed at her for some reason. They yelled at her, um, and I can pick up a little bit of Spanish, but I'm like, I don't know, what is that? Idiota. Oh, I got that one. But just getting up there, um, I have to have candy all the time. That's why I was there. Um, I ran away from a gas station, uh, but they were filling up some vehicles so I could get candy. Um, but I went and got candy, and she said, is that all? And I said, well, what's, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if this one's any good. Uh, what's your favorite candy? And she lists, she lists some candy. And shows me, oh, it's right, it's right over here. Um, and so I say, oh, that one sounds good. I'm, and I get a couple of those, and I pay for them, and then I just hand them to her. And so it sounded like you were having a pretty terrible day, um, and it seemed like you liked candy too. <laughs> and she just starts crying. And she just starts crying and says, why, 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 why? Por qué, por qué? En nombre de Jesucristo. Just in the name of Jesus. Dios le bendiga. God bless you. And she just cries and cries. And we ask if we can pray for her. And she says yes. And we're trying to pray in broken, terrible Spanish. And then we just say during the middle of the prayer, Is it okay if we do English? She said, see. But it's just, one of those, it's just one of those things where you become a noticer all of a sudden. It's weird and it's different. Um, but I would say, isn't it time for us to become weird and different as the church? Not the same as everybody else. Uh, oh, aren't those the people who like, like do stuff, nice stuff for people? Aren't those the people who are making a difference in the world? We'll just close there. I'm over time. A reminder for today is that um, we have an outreach taking place right after the service. Um, we're going to meet in the lobby out there and we'll explain more. Uh, but the opportunities are going to be um, taking some bags of candy. And these are mega bags of candy that are they're good ones. And... Also, bigger bags of candy that we're going to take to local businesses. The smaller ones we're going to just give away to people around the Kroger area um, because we have Kroger gift cards to give away as well. And so we're just going to be handing those out and uh, talk a little bit about how you go through that smoothly for anybody who hasn't been a part of it. Um, I would love for you to go with us. It would be great. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for... Uh, so many people in this room that I would label as outward human beings who 
have figured out how to have joy. The, the most joyous people I know are the ones who are the most outward. That they figured it out. They want joy, then it goes like this. It's Jesus first, then it's others, then it's yourself. Priority list, I'm third. God, you're first. And your kids are second. So just give us a love for people. I just pray you'd be erasing our judgment if we see a person who's different than us walking down the street, that you would give us new eyes, that you would give us new eyes and that we would be reminded that 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 person is someone who Jesus died for. And they might not know that yet. Help us to be outward in our appearance. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.